0: Could Juan Soto be baseball's first $500 million man? We're going to discuss that on today's crossover edition of Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So this is a crossover edition of Locked on Mets and Locked on Nationals. I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein from Locked on Mets. I got Josh Neighbors from Locked on Nationals with me. Uh, we're going to talk today about an article I just wrote for Just Baseball where I compared Juan Soto to Bryce Harper. Very similar situation, same team, you know, same ownership, same GM, same agent of the player, and history has repeated itself. The Nationals are under the eight ball here. To try to get a contract extension done and if they don't steve cohen a couple years could be lingering to try to give this guy a huge bag of cash so first off josh uh how you doing today how was the holidays for you a good time with the family i hope
1: yes good time with the family i've got a, a dog here at home is ailing so he's trying to do his best right now to, to get involved with the podcast as i record uh ryan i have to warn you here yeah you you have stepped into the world of internet conjecture. Okay. Um, I also cover college football. For those of you who aren't familiar with college football, um, this is everything. This Message boards, uh, rumor mills. This is my wheelhouse, Ryan. So you might be thinking, I wrote the article. I know it's going to happen here. Uh-uh, this, is, this is my domain. It might be your show with the graphics and whatnot, but you've stepped into the world of Josh Neighbors. Really, you have. So uh-huh. just going to give you some fair warning right here. Also, I hope your holidays were well.
0: They were. They will. I'm I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this one. So let's start off with the Bryce Harper comparison, because if you look at the stats, I mean, very similar. I think they're off in the first four years, but like one home run the rookie year. They both had the same home runs. Uh, and overall, just the numbers are, are very similar. And they both debut at 19, which sets you up for the situation where they can hit free agency at 26 years old. So why would Juan Soto even want a contract extension? Because Bryce Harper obviously pushed towards free agency with Scott Boris. Uh, doesn't that make us think that history might repeat itself here?
1: Already an unforced error on my part, making sure the dog didn't get there. Uh, yes, it definitely could. Um, I think nationals fans are worried about that, but I mean, the likelihood that that would happen twice, it just doesn't feel correct. Now, Situationally, it's different here because the Nationals were trying to win back then, right, in a much more significant way. Like those teams were routinely in the playoffs, and this group right now is in that kind of downward swing. You got to retool and and replenish and everything. Um, But, and Bryce Harper, like his, uh, you and I talk about this, his value is not just in Bryce Harper, the player, right? I mean, he's an unbelievable player, MVP level player. But it's also in like the star that he is, right? Yeah. You go to a Phillies game, and I challenge you to walk around the concourse and look down to the section, look at the backs of people's shirts. What do they say? Harper. Majority is going to say Harper. Um, that is the kind of player Juan Soto is. And I. I this part's also pretty important too. I just think it's in the marketing sense, like as his English improves, which he is working on, I think that's a note, no. note. His star will keep going because he is a really likable guy. And Uh, Have you ever seen him get interviewed, smiling guy, fun, his antics in the field? That's just going to keep increasing his star power, his his earning potential for a team, and also himself is going to continue to grow, and he's already a star already. Do you really think a team's going to let that kind of entity walk twice? I know the price you have to pay, but imagine that twice. What does that say to your fan base when you've got two – generational talents, and to be honest, I mean, I think Juan's actually a better overall hitter. I actually don't think that's a of a weird take. Juan's a better overall hitter than Bryce was, especially at the age Juan is at. He is a much better overall hitter than Bryce was, uh, I think, at this age, just kind of complete part of the game, you know what I mean? Just kind of overall looking at how the game, you know, how, how he hits in all facets. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how do you let that kind of player walk twice, Ryan, is the big question. Like, can you do it? Not saying it's out of the realm of possibility, but wow, would you be making a bad business decision if you did that? That that World Series is not enough goodwill to allow the fans to forgive you for doing something like that twice, I think. Yeah, that's the thing that is really fascinating to me about
0: this is that that World Series does change the math. I mean, when, when Bryce Harper ended up going into free agency, you did just have Juan Soto's rookie year. So I think it was easier to let him go. But now also you don't have that pressure of winning that first world series where, you know, you gave Max Scherzer the contract, you you spent money all over the place. And now I'm wondering how are they going to operate moving forward? Now that Ted Leonard has that commissioner's trophy in his office, is he going to look at Juan Soto and say, yeah, I want to give you 500 plus million dollars because honestly you look at his value and, and what he could make if you're talking about 35 to 40 million dollars a year, and a guy who can get a contract like Bryce Harper, that's 13 years plus. I mean, 500 million dollars is not out of the question at
1: all. No, it it shouldn't be out of the question. I mean, <clears throat> he is, in my opinion, right now the best hitter in baseball. Yeah, and he is, you know, 22, 23. I always forget how old he is. He is in 22, 23 years old, and his also like he's getting better, right? Like you, 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 when you watch him hit. You know, I was talking to Javi Reyes, locked on Padres. I was like, oh, you know, a lot of meaningless at-bats second half. If you watch, like, his approach doesn't change. He get, he adapts and he's getting better. Like, every, it feels like every single at-bat, he had that insane run in the second half where his on-base percentage was really good. Part of that was, yeah, he's the only feared guy in the lineup. But, you know, he was he's not going to adjust or press because other guys around him are gone. And because of that, there is an argument, and I think this actually kind of helps your Mets argument, like, he can hit anywhere on a. If you want to put one, two, three, or four, you never do four. But let's just say, sake of argument, you could hit him one, two, three, or four if you wanted to. There's an argument for all four of those spots, and he could, you know, he would be the maybe the best guy in the league at all four of those spots because of the variety. And I know he wants to steal more bases. I just think that to me is like, okay, he wants to kind of help his speed. Speed's not something you can teach, but you can develop instincts, get breaks, stuff like that. He's working on every fast and also the defense too. So to me yeah it's it's worth that kind of investment. Now, ones talked about it and I th- I think he's acknowledged like and Scott Boras said too there's not he's not feeling the pressure to become a 500 million dollar player. It's not what it's about. It's about finding the right opportunity, the right situation and all that and you know all that stuff. But man, like Washington last year plugged Kyle Schwarber into the leadoff spot. They had one other hitter, Trey Turner, and then their offense was a house of fire. Yeah. So it just kind of shows you like and also those guys were gone last year. The Nets' offense didn't really drop off too much the second half. That was not the reason. Why, I've said this a bunch. It's not the reason why they lost a bunch of games. So, if you're one, you're thinking about the situation, you know, because I think the big thing for me is he mentioned wanting to be in a competitive environment. Like, they don't have to do a ton to get that lineup very competitive again. There's some spots to clean up, yeah, but they could plug a few guys in and that thing could hum all over again. So – that to me is something that, you know, it should be considered. But the money part of it, the money part of it too is is he gonna kind of play into the Scott Boris instincts and get as much as possible? Or is he gonna take maybe a small, small discount sign earlier, right? Like uh, kind of Fernanda Tatis did in a certain way, or Wander Franco did in a certain type of way, not really risk the full earning potential or or try to reach the full earning potential, because you know, you can still make generational hundreds of millions of dollars now. Uh, that's the question, right? That is the question. Are they are they are they putting the pressure on the Nationals and saying Nets, look, you guys aren't coming to us with the offer we want, or are they doing? Are they saying that publicly to put it off down the line so they can cash in at, at, at that free agency spot? That's a big question for me too. I think we should answer
0: that question in just a minute, but first I want to tell you about Bill Bar. It is the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It makes it so much easier to stick to that resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill, Built Bars taste delicious. They're covered in 100% chocolate. There's so many flavors to choose from, whether it's the coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie. Uh, and Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out built.com to see what's new there. Most Built Bars contain only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If you want to add Built Bar to your diet today, go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. So. Getting back to that that timeline of a contract, what's interesting to me is you are clearly uh, in a rebuild right now. Now, the the Nationals, I, I think Mike Rizzo has proven in the past that he can find, like you mentioned, a Kyle Swerber or a Howie Kendrick, and maybe he can, at this latter stage of free agency, cobble together a team that could contend in 2022. Maybe we don't see that. Maybe Steven Strasberg comes back and all of a sudden everything clicks, but I don't think either of us believe that's going to happen. Doubles, yeah, doubtful. Yeah. Yes. So let's just say 2022 is out. Now you have two years to contend with Juan Soto before he hits free agency and he can arguably win three MVPs and neither of us would be surprised either before he hits free agency. So what I would be concerned with if I'm a nationals fan is the longer you wait to get a deal done, the more that possibility comes that he enters free agency and then if you're, you know, Ted Lerner, you do not want to be in a situation where you're negotiating with Juan Soto, where a Steve Cohen is in the mix. I, you don't want that to happen because Steve Cohen is the guy that will just completely blow an offer out of the water. And if you're talking about the difference in fifty million dollars when you get to that that road, I mean, who knows? It's it's hard to pass up that kind of money. That that's that's where I would I would caution the Nationals here.
1: Yeah, a big part of this too is like, how does the CBA change at all, right? Yeah. Are there differences in luxury? Ta- the luxury tax is a big thing, um, or maybe it's not for Steve do Co- really now, right? Does it? Does it? He's probably like, guys, pick the number. It's fine. You guys yeah. can pick. You guys can pick the luxury tax number. Pick the penalty. I we're think totally- they just did that with Max Scherzer. I think they just gave right. him a blank check. It was like, yeah. all right, yeah. And the thing about Matt, you know, I actually saw some Nats fans were like upset about it, and it's like, look. He has an obligation to the players, to the players as a players association, you know, big part of that to sign that contract. Like yeah, that is malpractice practice if he does not to, to, cause it sets a precedent, right? A player this old can't get paid this much. It's, it's, it can happen. It can happen to you too. That's kind of yeah. the message that players have to do. So good for him for getting that bag. Um, yeah, but the CBA part of it's going to be interesting. I, I understand the more you wait, but also once again, from the Scott Boris, Juan Soto perspective, like how long is the nationals down period going to be? We have to see that to me, 2022, it makes no sense for them to go for anything. They need to see what parts of their team are worth retaining. Right. And also they got to see if they can get some of these young guys that are in the minor leagues up. They got a bunch of guys that are performing pretty well, top prospects, uh, you know, Cade Cavalli and Jackson Rutledge are two pitching. And to my point, I mean, I mean, before like, that's what they have to get fixed. Um, the, the lineup to me is an easier fix than that. I mean, they can go to one and say, look, we're not going to put it all on you, but we can make some moves in a pretty quick, you know, a quick amount of time that put this lineup in a good position to win. We could even make two or three offseason. I mean, this, you know, the offseason. If the Nationals added, let's just say the Nationals added the guys the Mets added, right? They added Marte, they added Marcana. they added uh, uh Escobar, right? If you had those three guys like what are we talking about with line? like, like we're not talking about the line. the nationals lineup sucking in 2022. Uh, that's not yeah. what we're talking about. We're talking about, all right, you know, if the pitching is not just completely God awful, they could be around the mix because they've got the best hitter in baseball on the team and lineups gonna be pretty decent. Right. So that to me is where the whole, all right, how competitive can you be thing? That's where it comes in. Now the limiting factor here, Ryan is those contracts they've got with Strasburg and Corbin. Corbin's been reliable. He's been going out every five days. He's just reliably awful every five days this past season. So what does that look like? And then Steven Strasburg, man. I, you know, it's, it's tough because they ha- they, he had to be the guy they signed, right? He was the crown jewel of this Nationals organization coming into the – you know, he and Bryce, but Steven before him, crown jewels coming in to, to kind of take the next era of Nationals baseball and ultimately in a World Series was the most valuable player and was fantastic. You have to say, look, we, we made the right choice. This is the right, yeah, you know, whatever. The health part is really unfortunate. It's one of those things you can't, you just can't see, uh, you know, you can't basically see happening. I mean, and also hasn't the, been healthy either, honestly. Right. But. I mean, honestly, you know, both, both were, I guess they would have been screwed either way. Um, but that's the big key to me is how does that pitching come along? Because I really don't think it's that hard to build a winning lineup. I, I really don't. Yeah. And also, think about the World Series team this year. Why do the Braves line up? crush it, kill it. It was the guys they brought in at the deadline. It was those guys who were leading off, who were hitting in big spots. And so it's it's not like lineup construction is going to be a huge problem for them. It, it's the pitching part. So I don't think there's going to be as much of a staring around being like, who have you brought in for me? I, I'm not going to see as much. I will say I thought trading Trey was dumb because yeah. now if you had just one more piece, they would have been fine in the lineup spot. Different story though. But yeah, that, that's kind of my two cents on the lineup construction and, and really – the competitive aspect uh, and the Steve Cohen kind of coming at them. How do you fend that off? You got to build that, a competitive team.
0: That's also interesting is, is why didn't they hang on to Trey Turner and, and look to extend him? Cause it's to me, I, I don't, I, I understand that you can't pay everybody, but you can certainly pay. And I guess you still have Strasburg and Corby, but, to me, it's like, all right, do everything you can to keep Turner and Soto and you can build a contender with them for the next decade. I, I mean, that's how good these guys are. Uh, I mean, Trey Turner just came off an unbelievable season. So uh, how does that play into this? I mean, does that point to them saving the money for Soto because they know how much she's going to cost? Or is that Lerner basically you know, getting to a new age here where the Nationals just aren't going to spend?
1: Um. Yeah, it's – well. Everything is situation, right? And I I'm, you and I have also talked about this. I really do think there's a whole lot of comparing yourself to your neighbors. That that's important. Because in this sport, it's you play your division, divisional opponents so often. Um, and and you know, I mean, a lot of times like those games are what decide, you know, your ability to, to get in the playoffs. And the National League East, it's so competitive with the I mean, at least in terms of how these teams want to build, right? There are Going into last season, there were four teams that thought they had a chance to win the division. Right, the Mets, Phillies, Braves, and, and Nationals all could have made an argument at some point in time for why they're the best team in the division. Right, the Mets had that nice uh, run there; where they took first place. The Phillies had a nice little run at one point in time. The Nationals were gangbusters in June, and everything was coming together. And that's the thing is when you look around and you see who else in the division, like that, that's a huge that's a huge part of this. Is that The the other teams are more prepared to win right now in this moment. And uh, I think that's okay. You can take a step back. You just can't take a step back for too long. Uh, I'm not sure how you feel about that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look right now, and even the Marlins have this great pitching staff. So, uh, And and the Phillies have the the reigning MVP, somebody that uh, you know well and Bryce Harper were talking about earlier, and Zach Wheeler running up inside. So even if their roster as a whole isn't great, They have some great players. We know the Mets are all in. The Braves are the reigning World Series champs. Everyone, to some extent, is going for it next year, except for the Nationals. Right. Uh, So so that just gets back to this point of, how are you going to manage the situation with Juan Soto? Because I I don't think that you can necessarily trade a Juan Soto. Who would ever want to do that? But it's also like, you, you let this play out too long. And then right. you get to after the 2024 season and nothing has gotten done. And suddenly you are once again at risk of losing one of these guys for just a qualifying offer. And to do that within the span of 10 years, to have two guys debut at 19 have MVP talent or any year that can go out and be the best player in the league and to not hold on to either of them. That is a huge mistake.
1: Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me of the the trade Jacob deGrom thing, you know, because you brought up trading one, like, When I think about ownership of the team, now, these people think about it much differently. But, you know, when you're building a baseball team, and and that is kind of in which a lot of owners are invested in building their teams. uh, If you're not there to build a team, I think you should get out and sell the team I don't think it's fair to the fans. There are too many stakeholders who are invested. But you do the whole – the entire, like, exercise here is to get players like Jacob DeGrom and Juan Soto, Right. Yeah. The enti- it's the entire point. What do they do? They put asses in seats. They put jerseys on backs. They put wins in the win column. Those three things ultimately will make you money. That's, that's just, they'll make you money. So that part of it takes care of itself. What are you doing? If you let that go now, so the Bryce thing, to your point, they let him go and they win. It was the right move, but they kind of saw what they had up and coming. Right. Um, that's not there anymore. They can't do that twice. There is nobody putting asses in seats if Juan Soto is gone. He is too valuable, and he's and also like his ability to once again make you competitive. He's too valuable of an asset. So to me, Ryan, answer your question. Once that CBA is figured out, and you know what parameters you have, because I do think there's a bit of I know it, it seems weird to say hey, there's some financial consciousness happening when we're talking about a five hundred million dollar contract, but I do think that's what. Okay, what can we do financial consideration wise? to make this happen now. Now we know what the parameters are, luxury tax, whatnot. And not only just re-sign one, like what space does it give us to, to put other stuff around him? Uh, so we can build a, a more competitive team. That's the nationals to come after it. So I think this conversation could heat up once we see baseball come back, if you will, out of the lockout. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what happens there. I don't know if I bet on extension,
0: right away but no, we'll see what God happens not, but no. one place you could go to bet on other things of course is bet online right which has you covered with more props odds and lines than ever before as the football season continues to march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs bet line number one spot for all the sports action this season head to the new website or mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using the promo code locked on from basketball football nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So here's the interesting thing. Uh, I, I want to get into the Scott Boris element of this because uh he can say all he wants about you know treating each client, uh you know, <laughs> going by their needs and what they right. want. He's all about setting the next the next record. I mean, this is the guy who wanted Alex Rodriguez to get $252 million because it was double Kevin Garnett's $126 million contract, which was the biggest contract of sports at the time. That's what he's about. He's about setting the next record. That's why Bryce Harper gets a 13 year deal so that he can get over $330 million. And that AAV was lower, but he got the total guaranteed contract, which is still the biggest free agent contract ever signed. So if you talk about a contract extension, I'll tell you the starting point right now. It's $427 million because Mike Trout got 426.5. So it's gonna be over that. That that's that is the the starting point. And again, if you extend out the years of this and and you talk about signing a, a contract this offseason, a 15 year deal, I think my article, I think it took him through his age 37 season. Which is crazy? that He could sign a fifteen-year deal and that. I hate 40. this. So
1: sports, so stupid. And, I mean, there's no raising contracts. Should be like, was it? Uh, you're a hockey guy, right? I'm not was a hockey it, guy. Okay. Was Ilya, I remember Ilya Kovalchuk signed like a sixteen-year contract, something like that. What? Would, sorry, continue. It's, it's, it's so crazy. Dumb. It's, so it's crazy
0: to sign. So I, I mean, think about it. He he's he's you know I think he just turned twenty-three in October. So I can mean, we put
1: a pin in this really fast? Because I want to yeah. mention something here. So you actually, you are you like the NBA? Uh, the yeah. problem with the baseball compared to the NBA is. So while there's a cap on the contract, you get to your contracts faster. So think yeah. about once you said what age one set becomes a free agent. I don't know exactly what. Uh, he, so he becomes a free
0: agent, age. agent at 26, and he just turned 23.
1: Uh, right. So 26 years old. At 26, if you, so let's just say you're uh you come into the league at 18, 19, like he did. Do you know what contract you're on at age 26, 27? <laughs> you're on number two. You're about actually to sign number three. Your rookie deal takes you to probably. Uh, you know, 23, 20, 22, 23 years old, if you're a good player, well, especially him, it takes you up to 26, 27, 28. So that's the one problem with baseball too, is that guys are signing their contracts at this point, which I hate. I think that's bad. I'm not sure if you feel the same way about
0: What's that. What, signing their extensions now? You're talking about like Wander Franco? Uh, yeah, and... like,
1: yeah, well, no. Well, no, I'm talking about like, when you like, you should not be up with arbitration at uh, yeah. the age of 26, 27, 28, right? And a lot of guys, it's actually later than that. Right, I mean, how many guys are in the league at the at the point Juan Soto is? A lot well, of look, guys look, are look in Just look at look at Peter Alonso. So
0: he did right. at like twenty four. I mean, he can't get his first taste of free agency until he's basically in his thirties already. I think that's a huge part of this CBA is that's what they want. They want you know less less control these teams have. They want to be able to test the market sooner.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Now, so I cut you off to your point. Uh, continue. Do you remember? Do you remember what you were saying? Sorry.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so I mean, if you're looking at a 15 year deal, and, and what I the number I came up with on my article was 15 years, five twenty five, which is 35 million a year. I, that's like a reasonable contract. I think if the National signed to that deal, no one's saying you paid them too much, and that's crazy to say with that amount of money. But that is what you're talking about. And if you don't want this to get to a point where Juan Soto is going to wear another jersey. This is the time to do that because again, the closer he gets to free agency, the the more Scott Boras is going to think. Well, man, I could maybe get six hundred million dollars for one. Like it, it just gets right. out
1: of hand. And also, you could defer some of that money too. I mean, they did that with they, like you know, if, if you're Scott Boras, also be like, hey, look in the in the event something you know disaster happens, whatever, like. How nice would it be to have this million dollars? Uh, I'll let you know right now. Here's the one coming in for Mr. Max Scherzer, 15 this year, 15 next year, 15, 2024, 15 in 2025 and 15 in 2026. How's that sound? How's that sound? He'll be out of baseball. He actually might not be, but he, you know, we think he'll be out of baseball, right? By that point, <laughs> knowing crazy backs, he might just keep rolling, uh, but he'll be out of baseball at that point. So they could also defer some of that. So if you factor that into your contract too, you know, and. I mean, I don't think Nationals fans have, would, at this point, like, "Hey, we're gonna keep paying until he's 45 years old." You'd be like, "Dude, do whatever, do whatever yeah. it takes to keep him." So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this. I actually, I think it's a, I think it's a fair deal. You know, that's probably what it'll be. Once again, I, I cringe at 15 years. Um, yeah, I really do, man. it's, it's. Like that's too long for a contract for both parties. I don't think anybody should be in something where it's a 15-year contract. It's a freshman I, in high school. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, That is a – yes. That is a, that is almost – that is a young adult. That contract is a young adult. It can it can almost – it can take its learner's learner's uh, permit. That contract can go to the driving school and get a learner's permit. So yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, it's absurd. Yes. Fair. I think so. You know, a quick question back to you. Do you think the length of time matters for him at all? Do you think he wants to leave himself some flexibility at the end of his career to maybe go somewhere else and maybe he takes a shorter deal, obviously kind of up the dollar figure, but he wants to leave himself some leverage to go explore other opportunities in case he turns 35, 36 and says, you know what, I'd like to go play somewhere
0: else. I think it it comes back to Boris to me. You know, you look at the top ten contracts in LB history and Boris clients own seven of them. And yeah. it's so it's To me, it's the person advising him is going to want to get it all in one lump sum because he loves to push that needle further. And so because of that, I do think that they're going to try to get one massive contract, Uh, you know, because and if it was a shorter deal, again, the problem is that extension bar for Mike Trout was set. At four hundred twenty-six point mm-hmm. five, so it's got to be be more than that. So maybe it's a twelve-year deal like Mike Trout's, and he can hit free agency again at, at whatever it is thirty-four. You 30, also 30. could see a contract where they get that type of a big deal with an opt-out, so that mm-hmm. he could test free agency again. But it's all about that first headline. It, it's right. all about. So, do you think Sines Scott Boris
1: for- is good for the, good for the players' association and for players? I mean, like it's good they're getting paid this much but do you think the stigma, because like, I'm usually pro player, but do you think like the stigma that he causes from from ownership and, and kind of, because I think people, I think the owners like almost view the Players Association as like Scott Boris, like all the players, yeah. like let, let's view them as a bunch of people represented by Scott Boris because that's kind of guys that kind of almost drive a lot of it. Do you think he's good for the sport generally speaking? He's so polarizing.
0: I, I think that Look, for his clients, even though so many people hate him, I mean, you know, we just talked about Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer next year is going to be making $68 million altogether. Like, it's he's going to make like 2.5 at a start. Who knows? It's insane. So for his clients, I guess you can say that, you know, he does his job well, that's his job. But as we're in this point right now, is he good for the game of baseball? I would say he's one of the big roadblocks in getting this new CBA signed because the the last one – Ended up being very owner friendly. And I believe that the MLBPA started to employ more of Scott Boris's people to to represent them through this process to get the best deal possible. So yeah, he kind of is in a weird way like the 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 shadow head of the MLBPA right now. And if you're looking at a staring match between him and Rob Manfred, I I, I feel like this is where we're gonna get into the point where this lockout can really extend.
1: Do you have anything else on on the Juan stuff? Because I actually wanted to I wanted to talk to you about Ken Rosenthal for a second. Not sure if you hit on that yet. Uh, I have not hit on that. The one
0: thing I, I got to mention for the Mets listeners: uh, the yeah. Mets did sign Elian Soto uh, Juan Soto's youngest
1: brother. I saw there. Oh, can we talk about the Sny article?
0: Yeah, yeah go ahead.
1: Okay, so like Juan Soto is a fit. Yeah, duh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Where is like, there is, where is right, he so, so situation. So like people are like 30 teams. Okay. There are some situations where like, look, like do the Dodgers need Juan Soto to win a championship or a title or whatever. Are, are they, are they better off investing in other places besides who is going to be, you know, right slash left, whatever the hell you want to play right, left field. You can actually play both. That's so fine. Yeah. Um, you know, no. Could, would he make sense to the Phillies? Sure. Could they afford him? No. So there are not 30 teams where he makes sense just logistically, logically. Right. There are a lot of teams where he still makes sense. There are a lot of teams that could just say, you know what, this is the guy we're going to open up the checkbook for. And there are basically, as I just mentioned, all of the teams that would be like, yeah, we can use a left fielder. Yeah, we can use a right fielder. That's sure. That's fine. Is it one setup? Yeah. We'll push whoever's in right field except for like one or two exceptions over. And also, you know, let's just say he went to the Phillies. They could just play him in left. Like he used to play left field. He'd be totally fine there. So the idea was like, oh, is he a fit? yes yes he is a fit thank you for pointing out the obvious I, I do like the nationals play play broadcaster bob carpenter said this is tampering i was like Are you, i can't tell if he's being serious or being playful or not but yeah that that article definitely stirred up some uh, some consternation very much message bore fodder to me
0: <laughs> yeah i mean honestly i'd play juan soto at shortstop to get his bad line i really don't <laughs> care
1: <laughs> like he might be better than Tatis at shortstop, honestly. I think there's a <laughs> chance that he could.
0: Oh man, what's Javi going to say about that?
1: Oh, uh, he and I, he and I went after it about the So, I'm sure you remember, he laughed at me. We had a conversation where he laughed and actually posted the clip on Twitter when I said I think I'd rather have Trey, Trey Turner playing shortstop for me than I than Fernando Tatis. And he laughed. And then a month later they put Tatis in the outfield cuz he was so bad at fielding. Um, which, you know, I want to revisit that and say, look, in the playoffs, who is less likely to put a ball into the seats uh, throwing to first? Trey Turner. And also, yeah. offensive drop-off? Come on, not big enough. But just wanted to say, just wanted, just wanted to point that out. So uh, I do think uh, Juan Soto uh, could could probably do a better job than Tatis towards that.
0: <laughs> probably. Who knows? It's an yeah. interesting conversation. I don't think we'll ever see it. but uh,
1: Yeah, no. I, I think overall, I-, I
0: mean, the point is uh, of this podcast, Juan Soto, if you're the Nationals, just just pay the man. Just just get on the phone, with Scott Boris. It's going to hurt a little bit. Just pay him.
1: Could you yeah. imagine him also another one of their guys going to a division rival? Uh, Bryce in Philadelphia and Juan in New York. Like, oh, a kick in the nuts, the Nationals fans. I mean, that would be absolutely awful. Can we talk about Ken Rosenthal before we get out of here?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about Ken Rosenthal.
1: So I've always wondered about this. Like when I see Ian Rapport tweet stuff, I always – I'm like, wow. Ian sometimes gets some scoops that aren't great for the league. I think they actually have some awareness. The NFL does. It's like, look, we can't, we, we might not feed him stuff. That's, you know, try to feed him stuff. that's potentially bad about Lee, but like, we're not going to stop him from being a journalist per se. Right. This is like abhorrent. What the, what the league is doing. Also, you know, <laughs> waiting until his contract runs out to be like, maybe people will forget this bad stuff. He says, you know, and, and that, that was because he said it in 2020 about Rob Manfred. Um, It's just a really shit look at a time. I'm sorry I'm cursing so much, but it's it's a bad look right now for the league while they're going through a lockout. There's no negotiation happening right now. People think Rob Manfred's a clown as it is. And then for this to happen because Rob Manfred got his feelings hurt and it happened on MLB Network, like, come on, dude. This guy was actually a notch in your cap. Like, that was something you could say. Well, at least they have a good, honest journalist like Ken Rosenthal employed. Not anymore. Yeah. No,
0: and it's – Yeah. I haven't read too much about everything that went into this. Obviously the big headline was, you know, it was because uh, of those, that criticism of Rob Manfred. I also do wonder though, how much of this is a network that is trying to make cuts. And I'd imagine Ken Rosenthal gets paid more than whoever's going to fill into those shoes. So I do think that even though that was the big headline, I do wonder how much of that um, is really what happened here because you know, you see, and I was always a fan when I was when I was in high school of watching Intentional Talk, and mm. I didn't watch it much lately. But it was, you know, Chris Russo and Kevin Millar, and then they got or not Chris Russo. Uh,
1: intentional Talk was I, that was Kevin Millar, and uh, I forget who else. Not, now I'm forgetting his name. It's uh, High Heat is Chris Russo.
0: Yeah, oh man. Which this I actually bad. like the
1: show too. I've I yeah, I know you're talking about. I, I got yeah, but I got
0: I I can't have that. Chris Russo, that that's a completely different Chris.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, with with your Chris Rose. With, Chris, Chris Rose, Rose. I'm saying with with your New York audience. Actually, they they might they might get a bit more on you for the for the same. Yeah, way, the exactly. Dog,
0: so the mad dog. Yeah. The, the mad dog. What am I doing? But yeah, so yeah. so Chris Rose, they they let him go and it was because his contract was up and he was going to make more than a lot of other people. So I do wonder if the there was some financial implication as well behind this, that maybe isn't getting reported as much, but
1: that's fair. That's a, that's a fair point. I just think that guy is such a good asset for you. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, no. You know, he, he just, he is so well connected in the game. And look, I know he had this nafu where they thought Max Scherzer was going to be a Padre. And then it turns out he was a Dodger. Right. it happens. But I mean, I'll be honest, the baseball reporting is, you know, as far as like major leagues with like great reporters, they don't have as many, um, you know, NFL, NBA, uh, NHL is also hurting that department too, but like those, you know, college football, even I'd say it's a lot better than MLB and he's one of the best. And I think he does a great job he does a great job on TV. I'm glad Fox is going to retain him, obviously. And he's been getting a lot of support too. I I, I think people, it, it just kind of shows you like baseball can't get out of its own way because even if it was a budget issue, Ryan, I still think there's a certain, certain way you could go about this where it's like, look, we couldn't come to an agreement flat out. Just not renewing the contract, which is what it sounds like. They did um, looks bad. And you're seeing why. So I just think it's a sport. It just shows that the sport can't avoid negative press, even though it has opportunities to all the time.
0: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think you just mentioned the NBA. And I I think like, like every sport kind of has the two, you know, it's like Shams and Woj And right. for baseball, it's Paston and Rosenthal. I mean, those are right. really kind of the two, and not Bob Nightingale. Oh, no. (laughs) Wasn't it? Didn't he recently tweet out that, like, the two sides hadn't met or anything and that everyone was taking that? It's all right. I guess Uh, they had a meeting last night. (laughs) (laughs) Bob Nigel thinks this is going to keep going. That must mean that it's over. So, hilarious. Yeah. We'll we'll see what happens with the lockout and we'll see what happens with Juan Soto and and all these things as it relates to the Mets at the Nationals. Uh, As always, thank you for listening. I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. Now, you can find Josh Neighbors at Josh Neighbors underscore on Twitter. And yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it right on the, on the screen there. Uh, thank you for making Locked On Match your first listen every day. Now, for your second listen, check out Locked On Bets, <laughs> hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling. Wait, not
1: me? I, I'm i what my third listen? Sorry,
0: Yeah, yeah, third listen. Third Damn. listen. Damn. Sorry. I mean, I like Locked On Bets, you know, it rhymes with Locked On Match. You got to go one, two with that. Gotcha. And that, that's where you get all your daily gambling advice so you can file Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts.